This is the Orange Podcast. Conversations with Orange City Council for the local community. Thanks for tuning in for the Orange Podcast and our summer series programs, bringing you some of the best interviews for the year while our podcast crew takes a break over the holidays. In today's show, some Christmas greetings and a wrap-up of the year from Orange Mayor Reg Kidd and some original research to help parrots in a council bushland reserve. But first, the big question as we head towards 2021 is, have you got your tickets yet for Light Up Orange, the new-look New Year's Eve community celebration at Wade Park? When the plans for the new event were first announced, we caught up with key sponsor Craig McMahon from Canards Hire to find out about the new directions. We've been uh, we've been supporting the Party Under the Stars, I think, for probably about seven years now. Been a big supporter. It's been a fantastic event. Pete McCormack and his team have done a, a wonderful event, uh, and we're just happy to be able to continue on with the tradition of the of the of the um, celebrations of New Year's Eve for the town. Last year, there was in the middle of, a, of a, one of Australia's worst bushfire years. There was under, some understandable nervousness about shooting flaming things up into the sky. Yes. Um, you've decided to go in a new direction this year. What's happened? Yeah, one of our guys uh, at our branch, our branch manager Luke Pearman, actually came up with an idea that he saw at Alice Springs um, with a laser and light show. So we thought, you know, what a wonderful idea! It's something new and fresh for the for the community, and obviously moves away from from that potential liability for for fireworks. What is the laser show like? What we're what we're proposing, obviously, it's very early stages, and we're putting through it now at the moment. So we're looking at a approximately a forty five minute show, and it's laser and light. So I've seen some proposals from the from the company that's putting it together, and they can do wonderful things, uh, really really amazing. So um, yeah, just shoot some lasers and lights in the air on the sky, and off they go, and great colours, great pictures. It's going to be fantastic. The way you do that is when you project it onto something, it, it, there's no wall in the middle of the air, so there's there's a, a gas involved that becomes the backdrop. Yes, there is a gas. Um, one thing that I've, I've sort of noticed that's been going out there, we took, there's been a lot of comments about water show. It's not a water show. Yes, there is a very, very small element of water being used um, to project the light, but it is, it is a laser and light show projected predominantly with a gas, yes. The numbers when it comes to the water is something like five litres. Five litres for a, five, yeah, for a yeah. forty-five minute show. Absolutely, it's we very don't have to worry about the water. Do Not we? a concern at all. Not a concern at all. Wade Park instead of the former venue. Why is that? Um, something probably more central, something more in, in town. Um, obviously, potentially with uh, with COVID, uh, we've still got to navigate around what the COVID rules are at the moment and what they potentially will be at the time. So it's a, it's an enclosed area um, at the moment. There's you know there's ticketing requirements etc. With COVID, that may change as as the event gets closer. But we found it to be more a more central event, um, and yeah, the council have supported that, which is fantastic. Are you looking forward to going with your kids? Very much looking forward to it. I've uh, I've got three children, uh, and uh, so we'll all be there, and um, you know, and look. All all, all our guys, you know, our, our people that, that work in our branch, they've all got kids. Um, yeah, we're, very, we're just very, very excited to be involved. Um, we're a business, you know, we're a family-owned business. We started in Bathurst in 1948, so we have really, really strong community roots, and it's really important that we engage in the community and, and, and get behind multiple events, as many events as we can, and this one I think is going to be very, very special. Craig, thanks for your time today. Thanks, Alan. To get a ticket online, search for Light Up Orange at Eventbrite. While Orange City Council works hard to preserve native bushland around the urban areas of Orange, this year there was also the opportunity to support some original research. The superb parrot is one of our more vulnerable species that can be found darting between trees in Bloomfield Park, south of the hospital. To find out how they can breed, a new researcher 
McLean Cobden could be found climbing very tall trees to install some cameras. Today we were able to find quite a few nests uh, and put cameras up, camera traps and monitor uh, what's going on, so how many uh, superb parrots are coming in and out, um, what stage they're at, if there's any competitors around the nest and, and how, just how they're doing. People are very familiar with sulphur-crested cockatoos and galahs and other, other crimson rosellas are fairly common around orange. How rare are these uh, superb parrots? Are they endangered, threatened? How, how are they classified? So they're classified as vulnerable. So it's on the kind of lower end of that, that threatened uh, classification. So uh, the problem with superb parrots is we just don't know much about them. No one's had a real good look at um, both their biology and their ecology. So a lot of these uh, assessments and, and assumptions are just kind of uh, made ad hoc based on really variable abundances uh, as they move quite a lot. So uh, this is probably one of the more uh, recent in-depth uh, biological studies and ecological studies. So yeah, uh, there's a few key threatening uh, aspects in their ecology and one is the, the lack of those old hollow-bearing trees. How old does a tree need to be before there are hollows for a for a, where a superb parrot will want a nest? Yeah, great question. So, uh, best guess is probably 150 years, at least 150 years. Um, and I've seen in the Orange City Council, there's a lot of nest boxes work going on, which is fantastic to see. Uh, and and that raises some really interesting questions. Uh, superb parrots aren't known to use nest boxes, but whether that uh, presence of nest boxes alleviates the competition is probably a positive thing. Um, there's no, no clear research done on that, but as something of interest. So, Why is it important to, to leave 150-year-old, almost dead trees alone in order to value a bird? Well, I mean, they rely on it solely for, for reproduction. So if you get rid of a tree, um, they, they'll stop breeding. And then the concern with parrots in particular is they're long-lived species. So uh, while they might be present in our, in our environment, in our landscape, we, we're still seeing the birds. We might, we might not actually be seeing the problem until... Uh, you know, later in their life when we actually, oh, there's actually a reduction because there's no, there's no breeding. What are you hoping you'll find out? How, how will what you find out help us protect these parrots? Mm, so there's a few different things that I'm hoping to achieve. One is looking at their, their breeding biology. So what kind of, how many birds are being produced and being recruited into the population, as we say. Uh, and the other aspect is, is tracking them. So I, I mentioned that they, they move extensively within their range. Um, and there's that big kind of question of, whether or not they migrate. So there is a general assumption that they move off from their breeding grounds up to north, northwest New South Wales. Um, but a lot of that is, is still, we just kind of assume that's what's happening. Uh, we know in Canberra, for instance, there's, there's a few birds that, that stay present. Um, in Orange, I suspect they, they might do as well because of the presence of, of uh, really reliable uh, urban resources. And as well as um, a camera, you're hoping to actually trap some and then attach a little GPS transmitter. Exactly. How small is that GPS transmitter got to be to not interfere with the flight of a male parrot? Yeah, so it's a great question. We've been, we've been assessing and using uh, Avery birds to, to make sure we're getting that harness right and the weight right. So there's a general kind of assumption with uh, this kind of work that you should never exceed 5% of the body mass of a bird. And so superb parrots, a male superb parrot will generally be about 160, 170 grams. So we're looking at about five, six, maybe seven, but like around the six gram mark is, is our transmitter weight. And you're hoping to, to do that capture and, uh, and tagging at the end of the breeding season so it's not as interfere with the, the process of new babies. Exactly. So they've still got to be nesting to, for, for us to catch them. So we catch them at the nest, but we'd wait till kind of later on until the babies are strong and um, they have got reliable 
food coming in from mum and dad uh, until we, and then we grab the, the mail and, and uh, he adjusts quite quickly. So in our experience that he does kind of freak out and, and leave the breeding area for a little bit just to adjust to his new uh, new kit and then starts doing all parity things. So uh, it's no concern as far as we've seen. We've got our last edition of the Orange Podcast that you're listening to now for the year. Uh, joining us, Orange Mayor Reg Kidd. Reg, the year has ended with a bit of a flurry over COVID. Do you, are you confident in the way the Orange community has handled these things in the past and that we're going to come through this one okay? Look, uh, most definitely. Look, I've got lots of confidence in our, uh, our health bodies here in Orange, and that's right from our private uh, practitioners right through to our fantastic hospital here and the private hospital, both two private hospitals. Uh, we've worked hand-in-hand hand with them and we've worked hand-in-hand hand with uh, New South Wales Health. But can I say, look, from a council perspective, I, I think our council, uh, our staff have responded magnificently. Uh, they know exactly what everything's going on. And my observations going around town, the majority of people, by far the majority of people, are doing the right thing or trying to do the right thing. And I think if we're vigilant... Uh, and, you know, look, I know it takes a bit of extra time for going in somewhere. The, I'm right into it now, you know, using my phone to take the photo, and that, that's really quick. I'm a, a real techno expert on that one now. But other areas, you know, it doesn't take long to put your name in a, a telephone number. So, you know, I, I think if we remain vigilant, don't, we had more problems earlier on in the year, uh, back in April. People are getting used to the things they need to do to keep themselves and those around them safe. Yeah, look, it does. And I, I, look, I, I had a game of golf on the weekend and having a drink afterwards. And um, the last day, just remind everyone they've got to remain seated. And everyone, oh, sorry, you know, just that momentary uh, loss of concentration on what you're doing. So, look, the, the people are trying to help you. Remember that, whether you're going into a shop or you're down the street or whatever it may be. Uh, those people are trying to help you, so so listen to them, don't get cranky with them. I think don't let us be like some of these places in Sydney, having stupid people going in using Donald Duck or Batman and a false phone number. This is to help and protect us as a community. Make sure we're doing the right thing. The Premier announced, and if you're listening to this uh, podcast on a, on a recording somewhere, the Premier announced today on 23 December that Orange isn't a hot spot, that we, there, there's no travel restrictions here. That's good news for people who are getting together at Christmas time. Oh, look, aren't we lucky? Isn't that fantastic for rural New South Wales? You know, a couple of bubbles in Sydney. But outside of that, look, we're still talking about cricket. We're still talking about New Year's Eve. We're still seeing family, friends, you know, restrictions on interstate, of course. But uh, no, we're pretty lucky. And that's because of the vigilance that's been shown by everybody. And look, I, I wrote an article just recently, and I really do believe this. Uh, one good thing that's come out of COVID has made us all sit back and think about how important your community is, how important your family is, and how we work together as a community. And if you work together as a community, you come out the other end. Doing that, they've come out of the Great Depression, the Spanish flu, two world wars, and a host of other things. And that's when the community works together. And perhaps we did need a bit of a reminder that the most important things is to be here, to be close to your family and be part of your community. 
The other big challenge that Orange has faced this year has been the drought. We started the back in January, you remember, uh, <laughs> a real possibility that we'd headed, headed into level six. It's rained, uh, but you know, we're now going into summer. That we, it's important that Orange still um, does the right thing in terms of uh, water restrictions and being safe with their water. Yeah, look, uh, very much so, Alan. And uh, yeah, it was uh, this time last year, don't forget, we had smoke all hanging over Orange from the fires in the mountains. Extreme drought conditions and we were staring down level six. We did a special broadcast in January, remember, saying, look, we could move into level six. We're back up about 63, 64% now in our storage dams, which is great. We still have certain restrictions on, but look, everyone's still got a nice garden. Nobody's seen the difference. Uh, but And if we maintain that, look, the government see us as best practice. That's why we've been getting support from the government in the source of uh, funding uh, for other projects that we want in place, part of our integrated uh, water management plan. And the best way for us to do that, we show them that we're leaders in Australia, they'll support us. What's your message to the people of Orange at Christmas time, Reg? Oh, look, I've got to be a bit difficult saying don't drink too much because (laughs) who knows. But look, look, be safe. There's lots of kids getting around and will have new toys and it could be scooters, it could be bikes. So if you're driving around anywhere, just that little bit more alertness because, you know, little ease might just come out on the road or hit a cricket ball or kick a ball out on the road. Enjoy your family and your friends because um, I think if I look in the last 12 months, I've lost some very close friends and uh, I lost my mum. Things happen. Things happen, but, yes, but things, we grow through them. We so, grow through so them. So things happen and you go through the other end. I'd love to be saying uh, tomorrow I'd be there sitting there with my mum for a while, but I won't. So I think the most important thing, yeah, enjoy your family, enjoy your friends, because you never, ever, ever know that, that it may be the last time you may see them. So always make every moment a good moment. Reg Kidd, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Al. And thanks for joining us on the Orange Podcast Summer Series. Tune in next week for more of our Best Of series and remember to subscribe where you get your podcasts. Simply search for the Orange Podcast. From Alan Reader, bye for now.